teenagers uh to a level of scrutiny they definitely deserve uh from oh from... god the sound quality the sound quality it's horrible oh it's terrible the sound quality is so terrible wait, wait so are we doing this again or are we or or i can't tell i can't i i, I can't hear this because You're because I, I i'm so dependent on for recording on my co-host uh mr mr matthew rather hey. Um, you know, on the other, all the way on the other side of the country in, in, in sunny, is it sunny in Los Angeles? Yeah, it was a really nice day today. Oh, that's great. It's, um, not nice in, 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 in Cambridge, in the People's Republic of Cambridge. Oh, no. It's, it's cold. It was 70 degrees yesterday, and now they, now, uh, now, now nature has just, uh, pulled the rug back from oh. under our feet. Um, and so, and now I'm really enjoying this, you know, it's even, it's, it's worse than New Haven. I, I didn't think I would, you know, I would, I would find that, but it's just, a, it's ever so, it's ever so, so slightly worse. I'm so sorry. I'm That's so all right. Sorry. But so really, how is my sound? How, how do I sound? You're fine. You're, you're blowing out a little bit. Uh, but you know, you're on your, uh. You're on your uh, uh, headset, so we can't do better. I don't know. Sound well, here, look, I'm the guy who gets the emails about it. I'm, you know, I'm. Just that's saying. true. I guess. Well, we should maybe start a new uh, these fucking teenagers podcast at overthinkingit.com uh, email, and then they can go straight to both of us, yeah. uh, so we can we can share the burden. But this is not a podcast about about the sound quality of this podcast. Uh, this I, is a podcast. Isn't, isn't, in some sense, isn't every podcast about the sound? quality of this I guess it is. I guess it's the, uh, the, the, the medium is the message or something like that. Right. Um, or something like that. um but you know, we were, we're giving, I think our listeners will excuse us because we've been, we've been off, uh, for a week, uh, because of, uh, because schoolwork has kept us away from things like watching uh, gossip girl and glee, but we're back because we know that you need your detailed analysis of the sociological uh, and cultural implications of, of teen soap operas. Uh, and so we, we, you know, we just hear the people uh, calling out for more. And people call out for more in a variety of ways. They call out for more uh, by emailing us at podcastoverthinking.com. They call out for more by, uh, by calling our, our phone number at 20FatJog01. Um, or by leaving... 285-6401. And they... And they, and, and they and they call out for more by uh, by sending emails. So we're gonna before we before we uh, recap and analyze the most uh, the the two most recent episodes of Glee and Gossip Girl. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into a little bit of um, of listener feedback. And the first is uh, from from Belinky, one of the uh, the contributors contributors to to OverthinkingIt.com, our host site, uh, who who we've taken to task uh, for pretty much. Every episode of this uh, of this podcast for his uh, his sort of I know, I uh, criticisms of Glee. It's really the anti. It's the really the anti Belinky podcast. You know. Yeah, that's right. We're defined by, uh, by by what we by by what we we we're, we're arguing against. Exactly. But like, no, I mean, like, I think like, femi- like feminists who only reinforce. <laughs> 
to reinforce their dependence on men. I don't know anyone, uh, any, any of the overthinkers, to hate any kind of attention at all. Um, so, you know, the worst thing we could do is uh, to him is not play his, the voicemail that he left to us. But we're we're his friends, we're his uh, his co-conspirators, uh, his, his co-overthinkers, and so we're not going to ignore him. His, his uh, stationary bandits. No, yeah, we are going to rove on over to his corner <laughs> of the uh, over the interwebs. So, uh, Matt, roll tape. Uh, hey guys, it's Belinky. Uh, I got a, a few points, actually seven points, uh, I want you to address on the show. Uh, first of all, I likely, I think the musical numbers are great. You could have, you could have fooled me, Belinky. I'm sorry, I'm just going to interject my own thoughts randomly at random intervals throughout, throughout his thing. So, uh, uh what are you using as a, the algorithm for randomization? Is this like a random, a true random number gener- generator? It's true. Uh, it's true. My algorithm for random, it's a pseudo, there are pseudo random points. In fact, so there's, there's, there's very likely to be, there's very likely to be bias. Yeah, there, there's likely to be bias. In fact, it was, it was wrong to call them random points. Uh, let's call them arbitrary points. Okay. I will arbitrary. When I uh, when I interrupt, uh, so Palinky likes Glee. Well, you could have fooled me. That was Jane Lynch, by the way. He has he has some cell phone problems coming. Oh, see, I thought the first time we listened to that, I thought he was actually somehow like comparing it to National Treasure, the Nicolas Cage films. No, no, Jane, <laughs> Jane Lynch is a National Treasure. He said, not. It reminds me of National Treasure. <laughs> Uh, because it's obviously much more like National Treasure Two bo- Book of Secrets, you know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Belinky, he's one of these guys. He has like a five-year-old cellular phone, and he refuses to get a new one because he doesn't want to sign a two-year contract. And he's like, he values his own freedom so much that he won't even let a cell phone company encroach upon it by uh, locking him down to a two-year commitment. Continue. Let's continue. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. Episode one with sort of lazy writing and plots that aren't even internally consistent. So here we go. Uh, point number one. Wait, can, can you can we can we break in here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, must writing be? I guess what is it the opposite of la- lazy writing? Um, like. You know, because, you know, in very some ways you can... Very effortful writing? Well, right, right. I think I, I think of the opposite of lazy writing as, as sort of overwriting, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, I, it's, it's unclear to me because it does imply... The you know lazy is the kind of word that has a connotation of that's not that's not a virtue you know he doesn't I, think that that, yeah, that it's I mean, awesome for Jordan, its lazy writing. To me, Jordan put this this to bed definitively in the, uh, the common threads on one of our many posts about Glee on on the site because it's become like a <laughs> he put it to, he put it he put it to bed so definitively that we are talking to it <laughs> we're still talking about it now. <laughs> and Matt, I mean, and Matt, like I think mischaracterized Jordan's Jordan's point when he when he responded to it, Jordan said it's like that's like ca- calling hunter gatherers lazy farmers those hunter gatherer societies are such lazy farmers right it's like farming is one thing and hunting and gathering is another thing and you know sometimes people just set out to do one thing as opposed to another i think that all but, these- but there's actually i didn't actually follow that thread but there's i'll take it one further is that there's actually some really uh recent anthropological research that has shown that they're not even um necessarily evolutionarily related to each other so uh james scott who's a uh anthropologist and political scientist 
scientist at Yale, actually has just uh, published a book called The Art of Not Being Governed that actually studies uh, sort of stateless um, not necessarily hunter-gatherer people, oh God, that's but right sort of, fucking alley, but, but yeah, no, of course. Um, I, no, I just happened to read it casually. Um, <laughs> no, he studies um, came across uh, Sweden. Uh, so he, 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 I actually did buy it at the coop, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, uh, so he says Sweden agriculturalists in, in uh, sort of upland Southeast really? Asia. Really? call the guy and get a review copy? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I like this copy. What do they call the him for teachers? A desk copy? Uh, so his, you know, the proceeds of his books go to uh, Burmese political pr- prisoners. So I thought, uh, you know, uh, I'd make my me. make my. Do- I am I am I am a hundred percent for wow. real. Wow, what is he like, Vanessa's father or something? <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> okay, all sorry. in good time. Yeah, all, uh, yeah so he's, he's when he's when he's not supporting the political prisoners, he uh, he supports the uh, the, uh, the the cheese farmers co-op in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> Um, they needed one, but uh, the um, okay, so so let me just finish this thought. Is that so? The the argument of his of his book is that uh, in fact, you know, people, uh, you know, both people from uh, farming communities and and from from sort of state societies, uh, sort of characterize hunter gatherer societies or Sweden agriculturalists as as backward and primitive. Um, and what he sort of shows very convincingly in his book, with a, a whole bunch of documentary and oral history, is that. that that this is a choice. That this is a political choice, um, and that there's actually a tremendous amount of agency there. So it's not even that that Glee is the is the um, hunter gatherer to some other uh, you know um, to some other shows Mesopotamia, but it is in fact a choice. It is an artistic choice, uh, and not laziness or underdevelopedness, but is in fact a uh, something something uh, that is that is in some ways I think even. I'm, a matter of taste, as I think we said on a previous podcast, but is a um, you know is 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 a, a feature of Glee, and you know we, you know if you like that, that's yeah. probably a matter so you're, of taste. You're, you're uh, agreeing with Jordan, but just removing any hint of teleology from. That's correct. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Is yeah, that, fair, that fair is, enough? Yeah, that, that it mm-hmm. right that there is a non teleological relationship between uh, in the movement from from hunter-gathering to farming to agriculture or vice versa. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. I'm hunter-gatherer, you know? I actually, uh, I what do you hunt and what do you gather? I, I, you know what I hunt and gather is fancy receptions at the university where, <laughs> where I can graze on the canapes and drink for free. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, you're the the life of a grad student when done right is definitely uh, it, it's 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 definitely that of the of the of the no, semi nomadic uh, forager. Um, and say, but again, it's it's not something that is evolutionary evolutionarily inferior, but is a choice. There's right, agency, is. yeah, absolutely. in this in this deprivation. Um, and so, shall we continue with yes. the uh, <laughs> the voicemail? <laughs> we're, we're, you're we're just going to cover this voicemail. <laughs> we're not yet. We're not even going to have time for anything else. Uh, okay. And you and I both have a hard out. Zing. Yeah. The road down. Will flunks a whole bunch of the cheerleaders and tells the principal that most of them are practically illiterate. Now he's he's on to his second point now. So he's referring to the uh, to the episode where uh, uh, Sue and Will battle battle it out for the you know I right. don't know, solo right. school. But doesn't that either a he was inflating the cheerleaders' grades before, but now he's finally being fair. 
B, he was being totally fair before, but now he's failing them just to hurt Sue. Or C, all the cheerleaders got... And there's some cell phone uh, business here. He said die, right? All the cheerleaders die. Yeah, right? So he's... I think he's saying that, like... Do, isn't there a pro, isn't there a major problem like a major ethical problem for a teacher here that uh, you know uh, he, Will is either being dishonest before or he's being dishonest now and that you know that this is a problem I think that this I think that this appeal to uh, naturalism is a canard like I think that this is just not what this show is is about. <laughs> Not only that is we have a ample, ample um, uh, 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 sort of uh, evidence that that Will is of of questionable uh, moral turpitude, right? right, like, right. I mean, oh, he, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is—I mean, like- I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, he, he you know he lets a sort of uh, alcoholic uh, into his glee club. He makes you know does everything short of consummating adultery um you know he's you know he's not he's not yeah he's not the moral high ground i mean i don't know that there is anyone no 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 this is this is a thing i was actually i was thinking about this recently uh, with respect to the charges of glee being misogynist that Mm -hmm. there really is no one to like there's no one who is not ridiculed in this uh in this. So it's, it's, it's misanthropic. It is a uh, misanthropic and, show, and, that's and, and, it. and women women happen to be people too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there goes half our audience. I mean, that, that, that was a fact. That was that was that was not normative. That was purely positive. <laughs> we are uh, we are now a two quadrant show. Uh, <laughs> Okay, continuing on. Was that was it? I, I, was that was that purely showbiz inside baseball, or did you uh, happen to watch? Um, oh wait, that was a, that was a Gossip Girl reference, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was a reference to Gossip yeah. Girl. But what it refers to is you imagine one axis being the line between male and female, and one axis be- being the line between. Uh, yeah. under 25 and over 25. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm saying this for the benefit of... I know you know. You're a social scientist. I'm, I'm telling the listeners, douche. Wait, wait. Does that sound like a social science thing? Are, are you calling... Mar- are you debasing the social sciences by calling market research a social science? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we is, need boundaries, for God's it sake. Is, it uh, is perhaps <laughs> the most social of the sciences. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, 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 you, you do stuff with it, so it, it by logic isn't a social science. <laughs> Um, you, yeah, no, it has it has some kind of practical application. So it's not, yeah, so it, right. it, it does not belong in the academy. It's a vocational science, <laughs> like my uh, yeah, no, like my education. Um, yes, so that uh, people talk about a four quadrant movie or something like that. That is something that appeals to both genders across uh, all age ranges, or a two quadrant thing like a movie just for men or movie just for women or a movie just for people under 25 and it's a it's a thing about uh hillary duff like uh right like right right she's a she's a two right two quadrant speaker i mean i i don't think this was ever a four quadrant uh podcast this is like this is like one corner of one quadrant (laughs) podcast this is a this podcast is a corner case i think yeah absolutely yeah absolutely continuing uh yes let's continue um point number two Oh, sorry. He's only on to two now. Most of the shooting squad is now academically ineligible, uh, which the principal even agrees is only fair. And I believe Will's last word on the subject was, you can pry those Fs from my cold, dead hands. 
the Vince Reeves suit with only four or five cheerleaders. Now, yeah, I got to quibble with that line, right? Like, you know, I don't know. He's holding on to the Fs like Charlton Heston holds on to a gun. That's, uh, you know, that's, that doesn't make sense. He, he's giving the Fs out. He's shooting the Fs. He's Charlton Heston shooting the gun. Sorry, continuing on. So is this game just curious? Can we expect never to see another cheerleading practice? No, dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is. I mean, look. I mean, Emerson wrote about a foolish consistency being the hobgoblin of little minds, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever say that about my dear friend Belinky. I'm just saying that Emerson wrote it. Okay, moving right along here. <laughs> you need to stop laughing so we can hear. I've been trying to destroy the Glee Club since episode one. In Slowdown, her friend is so uncomfortable that everyone quits. And at the end, she actually succeeds. Everyone storms out of rehearsal. And then she seems to suddenly change her mind and unexpectedly resigns as co-director. Now, my question is, why does she decide to let the Glee Club survive? Why are some? I, I, here, here, let me take this one. Let me get this one. Oh. Um, so, so this is actually revealed. I mean, maybe maybe Blinky turned off after that happened. Blinky just couldn't take it anymore and, and flipped off. Because if, if he had watched the episode all the way to the end, he no, would have seen. Blinky is like the moral majority, right? Watching primetime <laughs> television to catalog every instance of sex <laughs> in in it, like you know, just so that he can complain about how awful all the sex on television is. Except he's doing it with what he calls. Writing, you know, he's like he's there. You know, he's just there with a pad and a pencil, scribbling on. Ah, it's in- <laughs> internally right. No, but so and this is a case where it, I, I thought it was actually reasonably well written. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, what do I know? Um, I, I write, I write uh, academic prose, um, which is uh, the yeah. least lazy of all writing. Well, I, um, I guess so. Well, the least lazy of all writing. Yo, yeah, no, academic prose is is notorious for its concision and its uh, penetrating <laughs> insight and its hemming. Oh, not even you know I, you know why 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 write prose when you can put up a, a statistical table <laughs> but um that's not but, how we roll any- the humanities my friend Right, right. Fair enough. Um, but what, what I was going to say is that I actually liked how they wrote that, is that they, they, you know, she comes in, says she's resigning, and then there's a, a brief flashback to her sort of learning um, about um, – uh, about Quinn's pregnancy from the kind of gossip mongering yeah, school newspaper slash blogger kid, right. um, and 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 she's and she's totally blindsided by it, and it's it's actually really I think it's really believable. Um, and, 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 and OMG, and uh, OMG, Rachel's granny panties. I mean, I still don't know if those are for for real. I mean, I guess she's a granny would be a granny panty wearer. I don't I know. So. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, uh, Leah Michelle had some good costumes in this last episode. You know. Yeah, <laughs> this is not what this is a podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Leah Michelle. My number. No, yeah, my yeah, number. Yeah, Glee- is, my number is twenty. Eat log zero one. <laughs> Leah, <laughs> you and me were went. We're meant to. Be. There'll be no. There'll be no fat jogging for her. <laughs> <laughs> the river's just a river. <laughs> Uh, should we should we should we plow the rest of our way through? <laughs> I don't or, or, or 
Or I mean, he he gets cut off. So let's just. And so I'm going to go ahead and and do what what call quality uh, did for him. No, no, this is and cut this off. No. Oh, no, no, no. Point number four. Wait, Come on. Okay, so point number four is about, and he gets cut off after point number four. See, Where, so what, what did we gain? What did we gain by playing that half of a comment? Well. It, <laughs> I was doing a good thing. <laughs> it jogged my and the, memory. You know, some Matt, some people are just better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that yeah, no, I'm glad that Gossip Girl has come around to my my uh, you know major point about Gossip Girl, which is that it is an aristocratic worldview. Uh, well, let's, so let's let's get there. Let's 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 uh, well, give uh, uh, let's give Bullying Key's comments our our, our our parting thoughts, and then let's uh, let's move briskly okay. on so to look, to like, other things. Compla- complaining that the that the accepted song list doesn't exist anymore, or any of these things from episode to episode. I think Glee is episodic in certain in certain respects, the way The Simpsons is episodic in mm-hmm, certain mm-hmm, respects. And mm-hmm. yes, okay, you know, Belinky's going to say, ah, but there are certain storylines that continue. And look, that's just the way it is. There are certain storylines that continue and there are certain storylines that go episode to episode. Like, you know, hey, you know what's lazy writing? Let me tell you what's lazy writing. In 20 years on the air, uh, Bart is still in the fourth grade. I mean, that is lazy writing. You're right. Yeah. Internally consistent. He would be like 30 by now. Bart would be 30 by now. You know? Well, I, I think that I think that there's there's two things. I mean, I don't think the lazy writing charge. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this prodding is essentially what this is going to produce in about, I'd say, uh, two to four weeks down the, the road is an, is an overthinking at post about lazy writing um, and, and, and what isn't lazy writing. And, and I'm all for that um, because I think, I think we want to suss this out a little more. Um, is, is that it's not just the logical consistency issue. I think that's one gripe that Blinky has. But then there's another is about, I think kind of about the documentation of sort of of, of, of motivation um, of, of characters and, and why things happen, right? And so I think that he, I think that the lazy writing thing is, you know, the, the charge is that the, the, the writers want something to happen. They want, you know, they, they sort of start at the end. They start at the, the single ladies uh, football dance, or they start at the, um, you know, the, the, the Queen song in which, you know, Leah Michelle returns uh, to, to the Glee Club. Um, um, and then they they just kind of you know shoehorn things in to make make them happen without really developing the characters in a way that's believable or, or showing them making choices. And, right, and, right. and and here's the thing: it's a farce, right? It's like the importance of being earnest. It's like compare. It's like saying you know it's not realistic that Algernon would have eaten all those cucumber sandwiches at the beginning of uh, the importance of being earnest, so that when you know Lady Bracknell shows up and there's no and it's not you know it's not like it's not uh, realistic that Lane would cover for him in that way. It's a farce, right? It's there to kind of push things to the boundaries of the ridiculous. Yeah, but I think people. I don't. I don't think people would uh, ever um, accuse most farces of being um, 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 lazily written, right? I mean, my my knowledge, they're they're generally very vigorously written, right? Um, they're, they're it's very active. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I just I'm not sure that. 
what what is being identified is a marker of of laziness. I mean, as we said, it's kind of um, it's 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 a certain choice, and so I think that it's worth trying to you know. And I don't think we're going to do this right now, but we want to see you know because. I, I think that we want to try to come up with a conceptual apparatus for what it is about the writing that the Belinky flags as, as laziness. And, you know, I just, I think when he suggested, I think when he was critiquing the, uh, the, 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 the football episode, the, uh, the, the Kurt, the dancing football players episode, you know, he, he sort of laid out an alternative, um, uh, sort of plot line. And I, I really would have liked that less, um, to be honest. Yeah, 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 exactly. um, and, it, and because it was, it seemed overwritten. And I, you know, I think that, that Glee. Well, it seemed, you know what it seemed is it seemed like formulaic. It seemed like going through. It's well, right. Going through going through all the beats, where it's kind of like, uh, you know, look, I don't need to see all that. Like, just tell me, and I, you know, and I, I accept it because I'm here to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I think I think Lee is, and not only that, it's like the the characters. You know, as much as we've said, they're you know, uh, a lot of them, especially at the adults, are kind of uh, immoral or flawed. You you still right, it's you still want good things happen to happen to these people, right? And I think it has something to do with the musical numbers that 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 you you want these improbable things to happen. At least I do because it's it's satisfying um, and it's and it's enjoyable. And I I don't know I I don't. Uh, um, you know, mind that that uh, that that things play out as as you know you want them to because that's what you want to happen. That's what I want. You know, I'm given what I want, um, and and you know, I I don't uh, I I don't want the the you know I don't get off on on being withholding or something like that. To paraphrase uh, Arrested Development, uh, uh, Buster Blue. Okay, very very uh, quickly through. Um... Through the other thing that we uh, got from uh, a uh, a listener named Brian who goes by Be Thinking on the forums, um, he says uh, what he says is uh, oh he makes three points. One is what are the chances that more of the, uh, people from the OTI podcast? Oh, and by the way, this is check, check, right? I mean, Blinky was on here. Check. Yeah, Blinky yeah, was on here. We'll probably get Stokes on here at a certain point because he's uh, he's a Glee aficionado. He doesn't watch Gossip Girl though. Uh, two, it's a pretty stark contrast between your points about Gossip Girl and Glee compared to something along the lines of Mad Men. Uh, do you think it satisfied different palettes? Uh, buddy, palettes, P-A-L-E-T-T-E-S is like a painter's palette. P-A-L-A-T-E-S is like, you know, you taste. Does, like, doesn't your painter's palette get satisfied? <laughs> uh, yeah. My, just, my painter's palette, Brian, is, is, is actually kind of very broad. And, um, and it, 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 enjoy the realistic portrayal of the 60s, but the lack <laughs> of realism in Gossip Growing Glee is what makes it so great. Yeah, different things can be good. Three. Any any comments? I don't know. I mean, I, we don't need to dwell on this. This isn't a Mad Men podcast. But I, I mean, I guess people like say that you know Matt Matt Weiner's uh, uh, attention to detail uh, and you know the costumes and all that stuff is um, 
is 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 like what you know a big thing of Mad Men. But I, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of I guess there is a lot of realism, but it's you know compared to something like The Wire, um, you know, there's actually you know there's dream sequences, there's flashbacks, there's Don Draper getting stoned in his like uh, uh, the vision of his father like berating him. You know, like there's a lot of you know non non realist things yeah, that happen. Comes right, uh, comes right out of The Sopranos where Matthew Weiner cut his teeth. Right, exactly. So I, it, so that's not a, that's not exactly. Again, my 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 palette is, is 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 you know, Mad Men is 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 part and parcel of my you know Gossip Girl and Glee routine. And I don't think that that is, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of these holding opposing things in, well, yeah, in my I mean, mind look, at, the, at the, once. The verisimilitude. You have to talk about. Look, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because I, you know, I was about to have a conference with a professor and I needed some, uh, I needed to say some impressive things. So I was thinking, look, you have to, like, I think 80% of, of the people who you think are really brilliant, their brilliance consists in being able to move up and down levels of abstraction very quickly in their thought and to make connections between levels of abstraction. It's something that, that Sheely does all the time. It's something that Stokes does. It's something that Belinky does. Uh, it, in Belinky does it in kind of a skewed way. It, he sort of brings <laughs> things like the number of times I've heard Belinky explain a profound life point by analogy to Pokemon. It, like, it's, you know, it's, it's actually, it's profound. And he's, you know, and, and he's brilliant uh, at doing that. <laughs> and it's and the master of it on overthinking it, I think, is Pete Fenzel, right? Who can you know? Who will just I I don't know make make three leaps before breakfast, three quantum leaps before breakfast that I you know that I would probably need two days to to come up with. I don't know, but um right. And so when you talk about you have to talk about what level of abstraction you're you're operating on when you say something like Mad Men is realistic. Are you talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the verisimilitude of the production design? Because at that level, yes, absolutely. The clothes, mm-hmm. down to the, I mean, if you read some of, the, some of the, the press that came out for that first season, down to they put different colors of lipstick stains on the cigarettes in the ashtrays. Right, right, like, right, right, someone right. And is, someone is going to the trouble to think of that level of detail. So yes, in that sense, it's, it's, uh, it's very realistic. But at the level of narrative, there are all these non-realistic and even kind of surrealist elements that come into it. So it's, it, this is, right, this is again, like when we said, well, Gossip Girl is a show that's written very well at the micro level. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this, the mm-hmm. last couple episodes, the ones that we have on deck for today, are written very well at the micro level. Well, yes, second, yes. The second one is anyway. Um, uh, and the first one has Sonic Youth, uh, right. and Yo, so, okay. so it gets a free pass. Okay, so free then, pass. Uh, but so let's let's continue. Let's 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 make this Mad Men point, and then uh, do Gossip Girl yeah, yeah. So and, and call it a night. But it's not, you know. Here, here's the thing. Like, there's not. We're talking about art, ultimately, and yes, it's television. It's commerce. Television is there to get you to sit still between the commercials. But well, I mean, if anything's about that, it's Mad Men, right? I mean, sure. about exactly that, right? <laughs> um, sure. Right. So you know, but we're talking about art. We're talking about narrative, dramatic art, and different things can be good, right? Like, and this is actually related to Belinky's point. So it's good be thinking it 
or be thinking, Brian, I'm going to call you Brian, okay? Be thinking. Is that all right? Uh, it's good, Brian, that you brought this up because uh, this, this pertains to the thing. People set out to do different things. There's not one kind of good TV show, right? There are many, many kinds of good uh, good TV shows. So, there are also many kinds of bad TV shows. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, people set out with different aims uh, as far as the, the artistry and the craftsmanship and what they want to do with the narrative. And and for what it's worth, Mad Men has a very different uh, brief than uh, Gossip Girl does, and a very different brief than Glee does. So, well, very, just in in, in short. Um, there is, you know, like Mad Men is interesting is in that it it does the um it does the micro very well, right? And so, you know, whether it's in these sort of costuming details, but even in these sort of moments, like we're little like the little dyadic relationships between characters, but then also you sort of get these you know, you you can you you think of like little little cycles, little story arcs that are moving forward and resolving, moving forward and resolving within a large swing, right? So it's like you know, it's like all these things are 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 on you know an iceberg, it's like little pinwheels on an iceberg that is slowly moving, or a glacier that is like you know moving towards something, right? So that that things are moving. Um, in, in at one speed at the macro level, and they're going towards something probably like catastrophic but then but, but the people are sort of spinning away in the micro level as well and i think that's what's brilliant about um about uh about mad men is that how the sort of movements in the micro level sort of resonate with with what's happening at the macro level right because right. it's, it's a show about history it's about generation and about um this you know these sort of big cultural changes that are happening and about I mean, like the sort of production and reproduction of culture, right. um, and and how that how that both plays out in everyday life. It's a story. It's a story about demography, right? Like, yeah. It's a story yeah. about how a subversive ethnic sensibility comes to undermine the kind of WASP network of uh, of the advertising industry and of you know American culture generally. Yeah, well, but it's about and and uh, actually, right. It's about the the sort of requadranting of America or something like right, that, right? Sure. If we want to get to go back to the de- the demographics uh, quadrant, right? And it's about, um, you know, uh, about sort of. There's also because there's a strong gender dynamic. There's a strong age and generation dynamic, right. um, and these these. Uh, and I think I think actually the fact that it's about the that's a that's a very good um, good way of thinking about Mad Men, um, and so I think that in contrast to to Gossip Girl, I mean right, both are, are New York shows. Actually, both have a fair amount of. Um, Kind you know, I mean, Gossip Girl kind of cultural name drop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Gossip Girl is actually extremely, um, at least in in the sort of production design, you know, maybe a little less, uh, you know, detailed, detail oriented than Mad Men, but it's extremely, especially um, in the costuming, um, in 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 the the, 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 the choice Girl, of Gossip Girl is designing a fantasy, right? Whereas Mad Men right. is designing something that's historically accurate. No, that's true, but I think that it is a still. Um, I mean, Gossip Girl feels very now, right? It's a certain ab- abstracted version of New, uh, like New York City 
right now, right? And 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 you you get this in the the choice of uh, of the pop songs that that form the the sort of extra diegetic nice, music. Nice segue there. So I, you uh, see what I'm doing? You see yeah, what I'm yeah. doing? I mean, I mean, so you know, we, I, we're gonna put your we're, we're gonna put your last point on the back burner, which is about the relationship of the songs to the narrative and glee. We're gonna put that on the back burner till we can get Jordan on the podcast because that's yeah, like that's right up his that's right up his alley. And I want I don't want to have that conversation without him around. Well, I think we're going to talk a little bit uh, about music right now, but yeah, it'll yeah, probably yeah. be more in the context of Gossip Girl. Yeah. We'll, so, you hey. know, we're, we're, here's what I think is going to happen for the for the next uh, ten to fifteen minutes or so. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about music in Gossip Girl for a little bit. Um, we may have some thoughts about the use of music in Glee as it is a musical, uh, and then we'll probably wrap up. Um, we'll probably we'll probably wrap there. We'll leave them wanting more. That's what I say. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I mean we're this is just a, a tease. Uh, really, this is a real we're a real. Uh, a chastity club or abstinence like, club yeah, of uh, Chuck, or do you want to be Blair in our little in our little teasy sex game here? Uh, well, you know, I don't want to kiss a dude, so uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be Blair. Oh, um, oh, oh, sorry. Before we say Sonic Youth, uh, this is <laughs> like this is the new America. This is. Uh, how our cultural attitude towards homosexuality will be in 10, 15 years' time. Right? This is the, 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 what, you don't think I've ever kissed a guy before? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, you don't think I've ever kissed a guy before? Says I mean, I, I think that whole scene was, 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 very well, was very well done. The whole scene where, where Chuck seduces uh, the dude who's the NYU sort of, uh, you know, alumni representative or something like that. I mean, it's just Ed Westwick. Ed Westwick really uh, uh, does his thing. Um, you know, he's, yeah, I got to say, I don't like his new haircut. I like old Chuck Bass hair a lot more than new Chuck Bass hair. Like, by the end, <laughs> he has this close crop. He looks more like Carter than he does like Chuck. So you don't like his haircut that he gets done somewhere off of, just off of Piccadilly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, uh, I mean, I mean, I love the reference there, right? So that is that he flies to London to get his haircut, yeah. which is just um, awesome. And I only caught that the second, the second time through when I was, uh, I, I sort of, uh, Watch I often notes. Well, no, I, I, I often get home about 15 minutes after it starts, so I, I, I have to rewatch, um, and, and then that was like right, right in the overlap uh, hey, Ryan, part. Who was, uh, what was that band in? I mean, they had some kind of shitty house band, right? Well, let's go, yeah, I know, right? I mean, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, it's just these old people, and they're and they just kept, playing this really out. hushed... And the characters uh, kept, kept like walking right in front of them, like, I think... I would, too. I would, too. Well, let's, let's, let's go, let, let me let me take one step forward because I also wanted to briefly talk about, you know, what I was saying about uh, Gossip Girl before you ruined my segue by just kind of pulling away the beautiful, you know, exposing the architecture of uh, uh, of, of 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 the uh, of the argument of the of the connection. Um, what I was gonna, I was going to talk about is the the sort of extra diegetic music, the music that plays in the background, right, um, that the characters can't hear, um, and one of uh, and they use a lot of sort of current indie indie rock, um, you know as the creators of the show who also did the OC tended to do. Uh, one of those songs I wanted to you know, acknowledge our, uh, our, our lead-in music uh, is a song called 1901 by a band called Phoenix. Oh, God, which has been... say it like they're going to sue us now or something because we don't have, we can't clear that song. We're, you know... I know, I know. I mean, it's, it's I, I know. It, I'm sure they listen. Look, if, if anyone who can really pull that off is listening to our podcast, we have made it far more than we, uh, than we realize. Um, I guess we'll... that's one of them good problems. 
Right, exactly. Um, so, well, then we could always just use a Sonic Youth song as our intro music. Um, I actually thought if we if we have to get rid of uh, the, the the Phoenix song, which, as I was uh, trying to say, was also has two Phoenix songs have actually been used in Gossip Girl this season. Um, uh, I, I could find the annotate the exact scenes, but I, I won't do that. But uh, um, I, I actually thought we could use uh, Salt and Pepper's "Let's Talk About Sex" as our intro music as well. Um, oh, that's but, funny. Yeah, isn't it? Um, but anyhow, I think we could use a Sonic Youth song um, because I think that there is a great moment, uh, and this had been talked about in the blogs. Uh, I actually hadn't seen it, so it was a surprise to me that um, that Sonic Youth uh, made an appearance as a uh, as as the wedding band at Rufus and and uh, Lily's uh, wedding, and Kim um, Burton married. Rufus and Lily. That's right. Uh, by the power of being invested in her by by some sketchy uh, website um, that, that ordained her in some way or another. Yeah. Um, Universal and, Life Minister. Google it. Exactly. 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 And um, you know, I just I thought it was great because you know they've made uh, numerous references to to Rufus's band having been some you know sort of indie alternative stalwart stalwarts of the the sort of early nineties, right? Sort of early nineties alternative also ran and um you know they 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 cash it out they they sort of say well who would have they been friends with who would have they been opening for and 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 sonic youth is um is 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 logical and um, sonic youth cashed it out by uh by yeah, well, pure on gossip girl i i think it's i think i, I I like it. I mean, this is again. We've talked about why. How how is this teen soap opera different from all the other teen soap operas? Um, and 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 this is why. I mean, I think that even even o- the OC didn't pull this off, right? And that you know that not only did they bring, it's not like Sonic Youth went on and played their. Um, you know the, the the lead single off their album that came out this year, and they did have a, have an album that came out this year, and it's good. It's good, like their last several albums have been. But they played a song off their third album, that was from 1986. They played Star Power from um, from 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 the album Evil, which preceded uh, uh, Day, Day, Daydream Nation, their kind of seminal uh, kind of breakout album of the of the late 80s. And and it is it's cool because you know they played this hushed acoustic uh song i mean it still had uh uh kim gordon being all doing her her thing her star power star power her kind of breathy uh monotonous speak talking speak singing are you not but, um, uh, oh yes yeah, sprechzimmer as the uh or something like that as the is, is that what they call that in the vocation a, there's a there's a um there's a german word for like talk singing but uh are you not a kim gordon fan no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I, I kid because I love. Um, I love. I, I mean, uh, a lot of my favorite um, Sonic Youth moments come from her. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know the album Goo, which is like the album that comes after Daydream Nation, um, and the title track of that album is just. It's there's a song called Cool Thing and there's a song called Goo, and they both feature her her awesome singing. I mean, I I, I have a thing for. Practicing in or whatever, whatever it's called. You know, I like the hold steady. I like uh, the talking heads. I like, you know. I mean, if if I'm if I sing in bands, that's what I do. So if anything, she's a uh, um, and and uh, and a Ryan is a guy who has sung in some bands. Oh yes, uh, especially the indie rock in the Elm City. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the uh, finest, Brian, the Brian finest purveyors of it. Uh, an improvisational noise collective called the Sephardic Bonobos. I was lucky enough to sit in with them a couple times on keyboards, and uh, let me tell you, it was uh, it was quite an experience. Yeah, it's uh, it, our. We were too great to to even ever play a show. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, everyone everyone who saw us went and started a band or something like that. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. So this is great. So so Gossip Girl actually featured a real live improvisational noise collective, um, and and it, you know, it's it's it, it's why this show you know will has not yet and and may never jump the shark. I mean, uh, as long as they can pull in, uh, you know, giants of monsters of indie rock, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be at least, uh, catering to this quadrant, uh, the quadrant in which I, Oh, Hey, have you heard about the monsters? Not to just totally, you know, disregard our listeners and the the, the monsters of adult contemporary. (laughs) I mean, monsters of folk sounds great, but I mean, I listened to the record and it should, it it really, you know, like, uh, you know, Monsters of Soft Rock is really more appropriate. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, who is in it? Like, um, it's M. Ward, uh, Connor yeah, Ober, aka Bright, Bright, Bright Eyes. Eyes. Like, two um, guys from Fleet Foxes or something, right? No, it's no, no, it's the guy from My Morning Jacket. Oh, and then that got, guy, right, of course. And then this guy, Mike Mogus, who's kind of mostly been a producer on Bright Eyes' previous records. So, um, yeah, you know what? I missed their show in, uh, in L.A., which was the 18th, I think I had a, a rehearsal that night. Uh, we're doing Our Town at UCLA, which is the most ridiculous shit in the world. Um, fun, fun, but it's a high school play. I kind of don't get it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm having a good time. But um, uh, so October 18th, they were in L.A., and I, I missed it. But I saw some YouTube video. And, yeah, kind of everything seemed a little underpowered in the YouTube video. I got to say, like, it seemed like everything was being taken at kind of a laid-back sort of lazy tempo. They did At the Bottom of Everything, which is from uh, uh, the first cutoff, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. The yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's, yeah. Uh, uh, and it was like, it was like, a, yeah, no, it was like a slow jam. You know, it just didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, Brian is, is best when he's filled with piss and vinegar and red wine, you know, like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's this sort of, you know, something that, that the, the, that, that really caters to the folksiness in his tendencies does not suit him well, right? I mean, he's also been in punk bands and he was in a band called the Desaparecidos, um, that, you know, and, and you know, he's. I think he's best when he's when he's sort of hooting and hollering. Um, then, yeah. then, you know, then you know, kind of doing the soft rock. Um, but, 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 but music. Um, I, 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 I can't really segue us out of this. Help, help us, help us out, Matt. Do we well, just we do, gotta, a, do, I, do we just do a, uh, you know, a reboot here? Or are we, are, are we, are we to the end of this? Yeah, um, I think I think we gotta. I think we gotta wrap in a second. Look, here are well, some well, of the things. Here are some of the things that I want to talk about. Here are some things that are on the agenda for next time. I want to mm-hmm. talk about. I want to talk about music and Glee. Maybe we can get Jordan on. I think Glee may be taking a week off. Next week? Yeah, I think they're taking a few weeks off because of the World Series. Um, okay, yeah, on uh, it's on Fox. 
Well, um, I guess it probably. I, I know. I know. Like, if I if I didn't know that you, oh, wow. you you don't care at all about sports, I would taunt you about how the sports franchise from my city uh, beat the, <laughs> the sports franchise from your city in a nationally televised contest of sports franchises. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, I know. I, I know that you probably don't care, right? To World Series is that football? Uh, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of slam dunks uh, right in the uh, right in the end zone. <laughs> this is going to be a slam dunk right through the goalposts. Exactly. The, you know, into the end zone in double overtime. You know, and you're going to get yeah uh, right along the baseline. <laughs> We're going to hip check it. Um, oh wow, uh, Amazon has uh, is selling the audio CD. Of the Monsters of Folk for eight dollars, not a good sign. Actually, it costs more to buy the MP3s than it does to buy the audio CD. Two dollars. Wow, they're all. It's already in the dollar bin, yeah. practically. I, right. Um, yes. Okay. I want to talk about the long, slow decline of Vanessa, but we'll leave that for next time. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about something that you brought up, which is the business of terror. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Grab a, you know, get, I've got a handful of stacks. <laughs> grab an umbrella. Um, but yeah, because, no, uh, I think because Sue does make it rain on them, them hoes. Oh, she does. She totally does. She makes it rain down sort of, uh, t- quickly tossed off, uh, humorous asides, uh, put down. She makes it rain put downs on them, um, hose. on them hoes. Yeah. I think we will definitely talk about terror and sort of about, about rules more generally, about, about government. Um, uh, you know, politics is ultimately about, about dominion. Uh, and I think we'll talk about sort of theories of dominion and legitimacy and terror in, in both the worlds of Glee and Gossip Girl. Well, this is, um, you know, this is actually not unrelated to narrative because at a certain level of abstraction – I'm sorry, is that a, is that a phrase that I'm – No, you're, I'm with you. You, you didn't – yeah, no, you're at, good. At a certain level of abstraction. Wait, wait, you're asking me if you're tiring out the phrase level of abstraction? <laughs> at a certain level of abstraction, narrative is is a uh, is a system of rules, right? Held together mm. Uh, mm. held mm. together by various various tensions, kind of like a polity, right? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and so well and and, and uh, except for all of those kind of uh, lazy writers who just uh, can't get their act in line, those lazy hunter-gatherer writers, um, <laughs> all they need is a benevolent hand to, 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 to make them into real narratives, um, to make them, you know, these, these little anar- uh, anar- anarchistic lazy, lazy plots need to be shaped, molded into fine, finely governed narratives. I, and that I that is the mission. Um, so you know, if you, you know, if you hate lazy writing, or you love lazy writing, or you are a lazy writer, don't be lazy. Get off your get off your your lazy ass, and uh, and, and let us know what you think. Email us at uh, I guess for now it's we're still at podcast at overthinkingit dot com. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get our own eventually, but for now it's podcast at. Um, hit us up at. 20 fat jog 01 that is 203-285-6401 or uh, leave a comment in the show notes um we'll be hopefully back to our weekly schedule you know we got we got to make this happen i think you know there is uh well maybe it's too much I think, you know what this this conversation is too important not to have oh absolutely i mean for for us uh for us for, for, our for, for america for and for blog. and for 
These fucking, fucking teenagers. Really, the sound quality is awful. Is it really bad?